Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Something to Talk About. I'm Randy Wartelski, and I thank you so much for joining us here on the Nachum Siegel Network. We're here every Thursday afternoon with an encore on Sundays, giving you something to think about and something to talk about. Since I was a young girl, every time the first Sunday in June rolled around, I got really excited. I can still remember the sights, the smells, the sounds, and most importantly, the spirit that engulfed Manhattan at, you guessed it, the Celebrate Israel Parade. I remember as a young student missing class to practice marching up and down East 10th Street in Flatbush. I remember the music we danced to and excited, how excited I was to finally be a seventh grader because I got to hold a flag and others got to be in the color guard. Those were the days, and I haven't missed a parade yet. But few of us, whether marching, spectating, or just appreciating from afar, have a clue as to what goes into creating this spectacular event. And here today to give us some insight into how one Jewish group can get Fifth Avenue shut down on a popular June Sunday. We welcome organizers of the Celebrate Israel Parade, Michael Middleman and Karen Ostrave. Michael is the director of the Israel Engagement Initiative for JCRC New York, and Karen Ostrave is the creative director for JCRC New York. Thanks so much for joining me today. Sure. Happy to be here. So, Michael, we'll start with you. First of all, what number parade is this? This is the number 49, number 49th parade. Well, next year will be our 50th, but this is uh, we're celebrating Israel 65, but it's our 49th. So, so you mentioned celebrating Israel 65. What is the history of the parade? When, when, and why did it start? So I'm going to let Karen actually handle that because uh, she has been with the parade longer than I have, so she knows more of the history than me. Okay, Karen. Uh, well, the parade actually started as a group of Jews uh, walking down Riverside Drive in 1964 in a show of support for the young state of Israel. Uh, and then it got to Who be... Who organized uh, that group? Do you know? I'm not exactly sure when they got the permit to move to Fifth Avenue, but uh, they didn't want the, uh, the uh, parade to go away. And uh, it has increased in size and uh, out, up until... I don't know how many original marchers there were, but I'm guessing it was more of a community march. And uh, now we have 35,000 marchers and not to mention dignitaries and floats and marching bands and clowns and camels and still Which, walkers. Which, of course, and... we'll get to all of those details <laughs> in a little bit. That first group of marchers, was that an organized, that was organized by a group? Yeah, I don't really know uh, who organized it. So that's... I've been with the parade uh, first uh, as uh, I, I worked at JEC. I was their art teacher, and for 14 years I brought my kids to Fifth Avenue. Mm-hmm. And this is my fifth parade, uh, working for the parade. So, you know, it's really amazing because few people out there see what one small group of people can do. So this major event, which now, you know, you talk about all these cool things that you have going on and the thousands of people that spectate and the thousands of people that march in the parade started as just a a small group of people deciding, hey, we want to show our support for Israel and we're going to march. Right. So that kind of power, I mean, that's, that's pretty amazing. Well, that's uh, you know what we we always teach our children the power of children the power of one, one person can make a difference, and uh, here you have one small group, and this is what it's blossomed into. So it's international now. It's uh, just an amazing, amazing day. Um, Karen, you mentioned that you were an art teacher, and you yes. serve now as the creative director for JCRC. What is your role in the parade? Uh, well, uh, I come up with a theme. 
I mean, the underlying theme every year, as we all know, is, yay, we love Israel. But to right. make it look like a cohesive parade and for everybody to focus and something similar to bring it together, we come up with a theme that's very, very uh, flexible uh, so that we can highlight uh, people, places, things, and, you know, inventions and connections and technology, such as uh, Picture Israel. And uh, Picture Israel is, uh, you can, it can be portraits, it can be collages, it can be uh, mosaics, you know, things that are in the art. All the picture is really art and the craft. Last so you have year. to come up with something that's broad enough that people can respond to it in exactly. a number of ways. Exactly. And how difficult is it to come up with an idea? Uh, I think I dream parade. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an author. I'm an illustrator. Um, I'm, I'm very focused on Israel, uh, even before I did the parade. I love Israel. And uh, from my first trip in 1970, it's, uh, I pictured it in my head. So uh, obviously I've been there many times, but uh, it's, it's my focus, and I'm always coming up with ideas. Michael, as the director of the Israel Engagement Initiative, when you hear about that first group of marchers that marched down um, in the city, did you, you had said you weren't even sure, Karen, if it was Fifth Avenue or not. And you look, No, it was on Riverside Drive. It was on Riverside Drive. And you look now at the 35,000 people that march. Michael, what goes through your head? It's really just, it's really, like as Karen was saying, it's an amazing display, um, just seeing um, our community come out in such numbers and in such diversity. I mean, you really have to think about it. There's nowhere else, no other event, nothing else can get this many people, this many different people um, who may disagree with each other 364 other days of the year. But on this one day, we are able to come together and um, celebrate Israel. And it's, it's really just unbelievable. The past couple of years as well, we have um, really taken steps to um, diversify and increase participation in the parades. We've added over 75 um, synagogues from across denominations as well as um, nonprofit organizations to really try and get this parade to look like the community as best it can, to make sure everyone felt that there was a place for them um, at this parade, that, that this parade was for everyone. Um, we feel like we've done a great job. And... Um, um, you know, it's, it's an amazing thing to see. You know, we, we put a year's worth of work into this, and it's just an amazing thing that it's all come together this Sunday, and, and we're really excited for it. Yeah, and what is your uh, – how do you reach out to groups, let's say, outside of New York? And, you know, we we are an international show here, so uh, for those people who don't live in New York, I know, I know that the parade is set to be live-streamed, and I guess you could tell us a little bit more about that in a little bit. But um, how do you reach out to, to different groups? Well, um, you know, keep in mind, like you said, we're, we're 35,000 marchers, um, and we have a tight window um, to fit all those people and all those floats and, and things um, and marching bands into the, this uh, five-hour window. Um, so the parade is pretty much full, and uh, we do a good job. And, and the groups that we get pretty much return pretty much every year. And, and um, what usually happens is it's really kind of funny that a lot of times, you know, you might need to con- convince a group to um, come to the parade the first time, but then they're hooked. Right. Back and, and then the next year, it's, all right, are, you know, let, are, are we doing this again? Are we signing up? And, you know, they come to us. So um, all you need is that first little taste of, of feeling, being a part of something that, that's larger than yourself. Um, and it's rare to get those opportunities uh, in life. And this certainly affords one that opportunity. Um, and then, like you mentioned, I mean, beyond just the people marching the parade, we need people to watch it. Right. Um, and that's where the, the TV comes in, the broadcast. and. You know, this year we're going to be, again, for the third year, 
on, a, on, on my nine, WWOR, from, from 12 to 2. Um, on channel, that's my nine. And then also from 2 to 3 on JLTV this year for the first time. Um, JLTV is the cable network. And then the entirety of the parade from 12 to 3 on our website at celebrateisraelny.org. Um, and we have, you know, and by the way, we're also on social media. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Um, and we have gotten comments from last year you know, from people watching it in, in Israel, obviously, in uh, Latin America, from all over, um, just, just thanking us and, and, you know, being able to tune in from the diaspora watching this parade has been such a joy for so many people, and we're thrilled. What percentage of the marchers are schools and, organize, you know, other, and what percentage are other organized institutions? You know, I'm not sure the exact number, but what I can tell you is, is that in terms of the, the organizations themselves, most organizations are not schools. Um, so um, the schools don't make up the majority of organizations. However, probably the school kids that come bring the, the majority of people to the parade. Right. Um, and so they probably make up the majority of people. Everybody wants to see little Yankee walking in that's, the parade. That's true. And they, <laughs> and they have a great time. You can see it in their faces. Definitely. And, and, you know, we're thrilled that they come out every year and, and you know, display their positive messages that they've learned over throughout the year about Israel and through the prism of the parade. And we're, we're happy that they come out every year to do that. Yeah, I think one of my favorite parts of the parade is actually walking to the designated meeting spot and seeing everyone else's T-shirts. Because, <laughs> you, know, you know, you talk about the sense of unity because it really does, for me, bring out the sense of unity. And also when the parade is over and you're walking back to your car and everybody who was all in this one big place all of a sudden just all separates and walks back to their own places. And I think for me to see all the different T-shirts brings that sense of unity while still remembering, you know, that we're each from our own individual groups. Yeah, that gets to that sense I was talking about of, of being something that's, that's larger than yourself. I mean, uh, you know, nothing – these are people that you don't know necessarily or you don't see often, if, if at all. And then all of a sudden you're all on Fifth Avenue for one day, um, and there's an energy. There's just a charge that people get um, from being part of something so large, so positive. Um, and, and hopefully, actually, this year – you know, we're thrilled to hopefully let that, those feelings continue at the Israel versus Honduras soccer match at City Field. Right. Um, you know, which takes place after the parade at 530. Um, so, you know, we, we hope that people don't let those feelings dissipate quickly. You know, that don't go back to your bus and go home just yet. Go, go to the game. You know, the, the cheer on Israel. You know, join with all your fellow friends and, and keep, the, keep the party going. Yeah, I do uh, think that that feeling does linger a little bit, and people tend to, you know, walk out slowly you know, and, and that those feelings definitely do linger, certainly for that day. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And you talk about the uh, colorful T-shirts. I mean, that's part of my job mm-hmm. is to help everybody look better. Right. To uh, no more white T-shirts. Color is, you know, it's a parade. I come up with ideas of making more interesting banners and using new materials and uh, having to do it and doing it in a uh, way that's not, uh, that's, that's cost-effective, that's not going to break anybody's bank. And uh, so that, and we have flags, and uh, we have I suggest pom poms and things that are you know easily obtained and uh, are, are manageable cost-wise, but it's this way that makes the parade look better. So we don't want uh, it to just look like a with thirty-five thousand schleppers. Right. We want to look sprightly and interesting. And you and, do have uh, a certain logo that many organizations and that many of the marchers use on their parade, but they're not mandated to. Is that you're not mandated to. Um, 
we had uh, the parade logo was uh, redesigned by uh, Glazer. Milton Glazer. Uh, was it two years ago? And uh, he's a noted uh, a graphic artist mm-hmm. of the I Love New York fame. And uh, oh wow! So uh, we provi- we provide a, a basically it's a parade uh, T-shirt uh, that groups could buy if they don't want to make their own, right. uh, which has that logo on it. But uh, it, like most of the uh, day schools usually make their own uh, T-shirts. Um, they have you know T-shirt contests in the school. You know they talk about how they're going to be part- participating in the theme of the parade. And uh, I know I used to do that with my kids. And you know, let's come up with an idea, and we print it on the T-shirt. But uh, the color, the logo is colorful, it's bright, uh, it's eye-catching, and uh, but lots of. Uh, Budding artists come up with great logos too. Right, it's interesting because there definitely is a certain excitement amongst the marchers' organizations, and as you know, and like you said, there are contests, and within each, you know, I participated as a as a student, and then I also participated as a teacher. Um, there is definitely like a buzz in the air, you know, when it's parade time about the t-shirts and what size and the logo and this and that and right, what color. Right. Um, so that excitement definitely come does up with transfer an over. Design for banners and for props, and uh, it's fun. I, I also go out to uh, different groups and uh, you know do, do do the road show with them um, and present. Uh, I come up with a, I do a creative theme booklet with uh, which is internet linked to. Uh, ideas, uh, and, and also about Israel, Israel education. So, for example, for Picture Israel, you could say Israel designs the future, and I have all these Internet links to uh, technology and uh, inventions and amazing things that are going on in Israel. So I go to the schools uh, in particular, but I'll go to organizations too, wow. and, uh, and meet with their, with their kids and, or their, you know, their staff about how they can participate, what they can do, and how they can fit into the theme and look interesting, and I also, as a teacher, um, before I taught art, I was a fifth-grade teacher, and even as an art teacher, I was always connected to curriculum, and uh, why just have something that's in isolation, use it as an opportunity For to sure. teach and to educate. Wow, so, so this you've is got the all the right, opportunity. Yeah, you've got fact, all the right I'll credentials. I'll even send you my theme book. <laughs> yeah, yeah we, would love, we would love to see that. Um, I was going to say you have all the right credentials to pull it all together as, as not only an art event but also an educational event and also that you're not just seeing it but that you're also taking part in the creation of it, which I think is really important for certainly for the students who are marching but also for the organizations who are marching that they have a part in what they're actually saying on their banners or whatever it is that right. they're holding when they march. Right. Um, Michael, I have noticed through the years as a spectator that there are groups that participate as marchers in the parade that are not that are seemingly not connected per se to the Jewish community. What is the the role of those kinds of groups, and how do we get them to participate in this parade? You know, again, the um, the whole point of the the Celebrate Israel parade is to people to come out and celebrate Israel. We would actually love it. Obviously, we want the Jewish community to come out on mass and in great numbers, but we we would love it to have people who just love Israel to just come out. Um, Last year we had Eagles Wings, uh, which a group of, of, of uh, Christians um, come out for the first time and celebrated Israel. And this year uh, we're proud to welcome a group of, of Cypriots. Um, I believe it's the Cypriot uh, Federation of America. If I'm not mistaken, I might have the organization wrong, but, but they're coming out because they want to celebrate Israel. And that's great. That's the message we should be sending, mm-hmm. uh, that, it's, that Israel is for everyone. Um, and that, that, you know, it's not exclusive certainly the Jewish community, even though we, we love it dearly, um, that 
it's open for all. And we're thrilled to be able to bring these new groups and new friends um, to Fifth Avenue. Right. And what do you say to people who are not supporters of the parade? I don't know if we talked to them. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, we're, we're kind of focused on the over 200 groups that we've got uh, who, who do love the parade and who are coming out this year um, and pretty much every year um, to, to march together um, in the spirit of Kuala Israel. So, you know, it, it, yeah, it's a, it's a good opportunity if you think about it. One day a year, no matter where you are on the religious spectrum, on the political spectrum, this is a day for Amachad. Right. Amachad, Levachad. Right. That, Put aside that all those differences. Said. What is the process that goes into electing the Grand Marshal? The Grand Marshal is actually uh, a position um, that we bestow on someone who makes a generous financial contribution to the parade. Um, the parade um, is, is not certainly a fundraising tool or money-making enterprise for the JCRC. Um, you know, it is uh, together with the Celebrities or Run, which we haven't really talked about yet, but that's in the morning before the parade at 8 o'clock in Central Park. Um, but together, those two events are about a million-dollar annual uh, budget. And, um, you know, we, we need help from the community, and we get that help, and, and we ask people to uh, donate, to sponsor, to pay to march. And um, we ask, you know, we have these grand marshals who also are able to graciously and generously uh, contribute financially to be able to wear that grand marshal sash. So uh, we are thrilled that this year we have uh, Marty and Melody Scharf from, from uh, Lawrence, New York, um, who will wear the, those sashes probably and go up Fifth Avenue to, to lead the parade. Beautiful. And uh, any other uh, notable people that will make an appearance this year? So we have, we're thrilled. We're, we're obviously tied in with the Israel versus Honduras game right. um, at City Field. So uh, several members of Are we going to see the players? We'll be there, yep. I don't have the names quite yet. Everything's, everything's still TBD on the, on the players. But mm-hmm. uh, a few players will be there on the float. Uh, in the parade, which is great. Cool. Um, we'll also have. Will they be throwing out soccer balls? What's that? Will they be throwing out soccer balls? That I don't know. I know <laughs> on the float, uh, the float is decorated with a huge soccer ball, um, so you can't miss who they are. <laughs> um, um, we were told them, and we told them to wear their their jerseys or official gear, but mm-hmm. I'm sure they will. But just in case, there's a huge soccer ball on the float. You can't miss. Have it. they been adequately prepared for what to expect while standing on that float? I think it's hard to, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, I think... Uh, Does anything like this exist in Israel? I don't even know. You know, it's funny. I don't know. Um, funnily enough, uh, I have an au pair actually right now um, in my house uh, taking care of my children, and, and she's uh, from Israel. And I tried to explain to her, you know, what I do, and I don't think she had any kind of concept for what, <laughs> for what the parade is. Right. Um, so I, I don't know if they're adequately prepared. I think, I, think it's, I think they'll have the same experience that a lot of people... Um, in our community do, which is they're not quite sure what it is, they're not quite sure where they fit, and then once they get in there and have a taste, I'm sure they're going to love it. I know I've heard from Israelis who've, who didn't know anything about the parade before, but when they, if they were in New York and they came to the parade, they were so emotional and so overwhelmed. Really? By, I mean, first of all, it's a sea of Israeli flags, and you hear Israeli music, and you see everybody coming out to celebrate Israel. And it's totally unexpected. Is you know they they don't expect to see this anywhere. Right. And there it is in the big city of New York. There are other parades that celebrate Israel. There's one in Philadelphia. There's one in London. I think there's one in Toronto. But there is nothing like the one in New York. That's pretty amazing. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. It is the largest in the world. How many floats do we have in the parade this year? Thirty-one. Thirty-one floats. What goes into putting together a float? What's that process like? 
so there's a there's a company that um, I believe pretty much all parades in New York oh, use. Oh, they all use the same float company. Same float company. So we we work with. Uh, I didn't even know there was a company that <laughs> there, like their <laughs> business was floats. You can't you can't decorate <laughs> your your. Uh, you can't just decorate your floor. car and just drive <laughs> Bring it. Bring it in. Right. <laughs> So, but but uh, we work with each sponsor of a float um, that wants to um, to sponsor a float, and, and they, we work on the design, and they get great input on what they want on their float, and we do the best we can to make that vision a reality. Mm-hmm. And do you have any specific guidelines, you know, to giveaways? I know that a lot of, you know, when I, I was sort of being facetious when I was asking if they were throwing soccer balls from the float, but I know that my kids love to collect stuff that gets thrown at them from the float, candies and and flyers and little doodads and stuff like that. Do you have any specific guidelines as to what's permitted? Uh, as far as I know, we don't want anything hard that could hurt anybody. Right. Um, you know, candies and uh, Nerf balls or, uh, you know, I know uh, T-shirts. I've seen one year, one float came with uh, sliders. They were handing out sliders. Cool. I mean, I'm talking about food sliders. Right, right, right. <laughs> Yeah. Right. I was I was kind of that went really fast though. <laughs> um, but you know I've seen you know you just use it you know think about stuff that you can toss into a crowd without killing somebody you know. <laughs> so. That would be a good idea. Here, Grandpa. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> and I know that there is uh, there's some seating also, right uh, in the middle of the of the route. We yes we have our our bleacher section uh, via uh, up at around 68th Street, which is actually where the um, Broadcast area is. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where the the main. How does one get a seat there? Um, we have been giving out tickets. Uh, people can contact you at our office. Uh, but for sure, if you want, still want tickets. Not sure if any are available, but you're willing to send an email to uh, parade at celebrateisraelny.org, and we'll see what we can do as best we can with the limited amount of time we have left, and probably the limited amount of tickets we have left. But you're more than willing to try. How cooperative um, is the NYPD in working with you on this parade? Amazing. I know one of the things that my Amazing. kids love is seeing the motorcade at the very end of the parade. You know, very. I mean, they they are phenomenal. I mean, we really can't say enough about them. I mean, they um, they do so much uh, both at Manhattan South, and Manhattan North, the two precincts that we work with um, for the parade, and they do a great job uh, every year of making sure that this day goes so well for everyone that comes. Um, and uh, we work closely with them, and and you know they uh, help us to make this what we want. I mean, you know, we, I think a couple of years ago, typically we have this group called the High Riders. Right. Uh, is that the motorcade you're talking about? They were, they're not, a, they're not police. They're, they're a Jewish motorcycle organization and they call themselves the High Riders and they come from all over and they're wearing their Harley David, you know, the, and, and, the gear. and with their flags. Right. 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 But well, we have like a hundred or 200 of them. Yeah, that's but wild. They, but, yeah. NYPD, you know, typically I think in years past, NYPD liked, High riders to go last, but right. you know, a couple of years ago we realized when we started doing the TV that you know, the high riders are a great thing to have on television. Right. So, uh, you know, we work NYPD worked with us to make sure we got them on TV, and uh, so you know they're really great, and we can't say enough. We thank them very much for all they do for us. And if you ask any uh, the NY, they love our parade. They absolutely love our parade. The kids go up to them and they say thank you, and they're smiling and they're you know. It's a it's a family day. Yeah. And and they love our parade. Right. And I think for the most part, aside from people being annoyed that they can only cross over from one side right. to the other side at a certain intersection at a certain right. time, um, I think for the most part, the spectators tend to be pretty respectful of, you know, the the rules and the guidelines, you know, that the policemen set out. So I think they tend to be a pretty good audience, you know, for the I police. I think so. I think so. Yeah. 
what is the uh, most far-reaching group we have participating in the parade? Um, well, let's see. We do have one school that's coming from L.A. Cool. Um, we do have we have uh, and they're coming several... in just to participate in the parade. Well, they they do a uh, a New York trip. That's but awesome. But they always plan it around the parade. In fact, they just had a call yesterday from another group that wants to do the same thing. But they said, you know, for next year. I think you have to plan this right. a little bit earlier. Right. We're three days out from the parade. Right. Uh, and we, we've in the past we've had uh, groups from Florida and from Baltimore and from uh, Hartford, Connecticut, and we have a couple of groups that come from uh, outside of Philadelphia. Um, so it, it's pretty. Uh, and we do have Israelis who come to the parade uh, who are in our parade. Right. So we have. Uh, it's, it's quite a large. Uh, geographic area that is in the parade. That's cool. That's got to be some experience for a kid who's coming on a class trip to get to march in the parade. That's got to be pretty special. Right, right. Uh, how difficult of a task is it to, like, put all these logistics together? I mean, getting every uh, organization their marching space and their marching time and the order, how, how difficult is it to put all that together? I have to ask my husband that question. <laughs> <laughs> I guess he's, he's you know, working a as a volunteer, you, right? You, 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 just, you just have to, you know, there's so much things swimming in our heads right now. It's, it's, it's insane. But, but, yeah, it's just a lot of moving pieces, um, and they like dominoes. You, you, you make a change in one thing, and it affects right. something else, and you just have to keep thinking and keep right. And I bet knowing the Jewish community, there's also a lot of like, well, we have to do it because blah, blah, blah. we got to move this because of blah, 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 you know. <laughs> no, the hardest part is we have a deadline. Could you get that information in by... May 1st, and right. here it is. What's today's date? <laughs> right, and we're talking about a, a total of how many people in your office that are doing this day-to-day? Um, well, see. besides us, we have our parade producer, um, who basically, his name's Peter Coleman, he organizes the show, basically, all the look of the parade with all the marching bands and the entertainers, et cetera, et cetera. Um, we have a, uh, a sponsorship coordinator who actively goes out and works on getting the float sponsors and then working on building those floats. Um, that's, and that's Gianna, Gianna Bergman. Bergman. Um, a colleague of mine, Don Cohen, is also helps with us day to day on the on the logistics and cross, crosses all those T's and dots those I's. Um, that's it. So it's, yeah. it's it's really. And we do we do have a fabulous production company named Vintage, mm-hmm. and they help us uh, coordinate uh, on on the day of the parade, uh, and they help us you know uh, with uh, logistics on. Uh, uh, coordinating with the police and getting the floats out in time and making sure the marching bands are lined up in the right place and that the, the the camels are, are ready and they're not stopping at Starbucks. You know, uh, <laughs> who has my, camels? My son, we are there real a, camels? Israeli, um, uh, adventure camp called the Zone. Cool. And it, in the last three years, they've been buying a float and coming with two real camels. That's wild. And uh, my son saw them getting off the truck the first time, and they were walking past a uh, Starbucks, and they said, well, he took this picture. It looked like the camel was saying, I'd walk a mile for a Starbucks. You know, <laughs> is that a commercial? I don't know. <laughs> I was going to say, these have to be city-trained camels, because this that's ain't right. no that's desert, right. that's for sure. Well, now that we plug Starbucks next year, we're going to get them on a float, right? We're that's gonna... right. <laughs> um, Michael, you mentioned earlier this Celebrate Israel run. What's that? So uh, this will be the third year. Two years ago, we uh, there are other country runs that the New York Roadrunners sponsor uh, in Central Park throughout the spring and summer. Um, Japan has one, I believe. Scotland has one, UAE. And it was brought to our attention that Israel doesn't have one. 
So uh, we created three years ago the Celebrity Israel Run uh, in partnership with the New York Roadrunners, same guys who do the New York Marathon. Um, it's a four-mile run in Central Park, which starts at 8 a.m. Registration is still open. You can register if you would like at um, nyrr.org. All registrations through the, the Roadrunners. Um, and we have designed a, a course, a four-mile course, that is meant to symbolically represent uh, a journey through Israel. So uh, at each of the mile markers, and there are three mile markers on the course, and then the two start and finish towers, each one of those represents a different city in Israel. So you would start, uh, and it's, it's represented through uh, pictures and images of, of these cities. So you'd start. And Karen, is that something that you designed also? Yes. Oh, no, that's something actually no. I designed. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was mine. That was that's me. awesome. Um, yeah, Mike, Mike didn't think he had enough to do. <laughs> <laughs> can we just say, what else can we do? Um, so, yeah, you start in a lot. You run up to Jerusalem. You uh, head up the top of uh, at Haifa. You, you work your way down the coast to Caesarea and then end up in Tel Aviv. And if you actually look at the course, you, you can find the course map um, on the Roadrunner webpage. And uh, it, it's very vertical, so it kind of looks like Israel. And that's where this idea came from. That's wild. Really mimicked the layout of the country. So we said, why don't we just run through Israel? Um, and then following the run, once you're done, uh, we have a post-race festival at the Bandshell, uh, which is open to the public. And, you know, you're welcome. Anyone is welcome to come, even if you don't run. Uh, we're going to have snacks provided by Osem. Uh, Pepsi is going to provide some products, some drinks. And we'll have live live drum music from uh, Dothman Sheer Fun, for those of you who know Sheer Fun. So, nice. Uh, yep. And what time is that at? So, well, the, the run starts at 8. Uh, believe it or not, the, it's only four miles. So the first runners cross the finish line 20 minutes later. Wow. Okay. <laughs> and, Imagine uh, if you could get through all get... of Israel in 20 minutes. Wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get going. You'll get going with the music and food right after that. About 8.30 is when we get in high gear. I know it's early on a Sunday, but it's a good time. And before the heat is, that's forecasted, right. you know, it's a good time to come out. Yeah, that's great. And then after the parade, the festivities continue? After the parade, make your way to City Field. 5.30, Israel versus Honduras in an exhibition soccer match. Um, tickets are available. Um, I believe we are still selling 15% off discounted tickets through a website. It's uh, tickets.com slash JCRC. Make sure all that's in lowercase. Um, uppercase won't work for some reason, but uh, tickets.com slash JCRC uh, for 15% off tickets in several different seating sections. Um, so come on out. Um, we've got a great team uh, lined up. They announced the lineups. And if you're familiar with the soccer team, Yossi Benayoun, who's the noted star for Israel, is the team captain. He will be there for this game. So it should be a great time. Yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun. So it sounds like a really busy day for you guys. It's unparalleled. It, it really I – mean, there's no one else that's no – I mean, forget that we were already the world's largest event with just the parade. Mm -hmm. And then you tack on the run and the soccer thing, and it's really just something that's beyond, beyond – Beyond compare. Yeah, and I think that as a kid we used to call it the Israeli Day Parade. Yeah, that's right. And then they changed, Then it became the Salute to Israel Parade, and then people called it the Israeli Day Parade anyway. And now it's the Celebrate Israel Parade, and people call it the Salute to Israel Parade. So right. eventually they'll get it. Well, <laughs> th there are some of us that still call it the Israeli Day Parade. Absolutely. <laughs> and uh, judging by the the events that are going on, I mean, it really it really could be called an Israeli Day. Yeah, it is. It, we, it we're happy is. with Celebrate Israel Day. We're, we're, we're happy with that kind of description. So you're not too uh, particular? As to no, the... we'll take it. We're <laughs> celebrating Israel no matter what you call it. Um, are there and winners? You would meet Mike. He seems like such a laid-back guy. You would be amazed to know that he's doing all of this. It's just incredible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your office must be crazy this week. It's, it's crunch time. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's crunch time. 
you know, putting, we, putting through those last details. We are very thankful, not just for the people that I mentioned earlier, but um, we have a staff here at JCRC of over about 30 people, and everyone gets roped in this week, and especially on Sunday, and we're very fortunate and thankful that they're all able to commit their time for that. And you do have volunteers that also work on Sunday, right, people we, that walk we, around with clipboards. I've seen them. We certainly do. We have we have volunteers. Uh, we have a fleet of volunteers. We also have the um, production company Vintage um, that helps out, and they bring their own staff of people. And plus, we're going to have um, this was started last year, so this will be the second year we do this. A team of about 20 or so roving social media reporters that mm-hmm. will be interacting with uh, parade groups and people and spectators cool. to get their take on what's going on throughout the day, get their feelings, um, ask them silly questions, and get them posted on Twitter so we can. Continue the conversation on cyberspace and, and interact with people from all over the place. Right. That's really fun. And the Nachum Siegel Network is going to be there as well? Yes. Yes. We're thrilled. So I'm every- a long-time listener of the Nachum Siegel Show, actually from when it first started. Wow. And actually I remember before it was the Nachum Siegel Show. Okay. Not that I'm giving away my age. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, not that I'm giving away my age either, that I've you know been in all these parades since I was a little girl, you know. <laughs> not not in all the parades, but in many of them. In many of them, um, yeah. So I was going to ask before: Are there winners? They're winners. That's a very good question. I know many years ago because I, I that, somehow remember as a kid getting like, oh, we want honorable mention, and I was like, are there right. are there winners? I don't really. Know. I'm guessing. <laughs> you know, Gloria Kaufman was the woman who ran and grew this parade for 40 years, mm-hmm. and I think at some point there was some idea of helping of inspiring groups to, you know, come out and be more creative and look better. And there was some sort of a contest. Mm-hmm. And the, the winner would get to carry a parade contest winner banner. But uh, that went away a long time ago. Um, but the last few years I've run my own contest called the Marching Improvement Contest. Okay. To which encourage is groups to uh, improve their marching again. from last year. Yeah, and you know what? Because <laughs> what happens? You know, you have somebody in an organization says, so, you know, I'm going to do this, and they do a great job, and then they leave that organization, and then mm-hmm. you get somebody else who doesn't leave. They don't. They don't. They're not privy to the misora. Right. You know? So they don't quite know how to go about doing it. So um, my uh, job, I feel, is to you know help help that process. Right. And. Uh, and they, there are certain guidelines. They have to come in for a creative meeting. They have to get all their paperwork in on time. Um, they have to send in, uh, you know, their theme and that we know, you know, what they're doing and how they're doing it. And then on parade day, they have to come out and look great and uh, have interesting banners and props. And we have judges along the street who are using a point system. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the end, we just add up all the points, and somebody's a winner, and somebody's a second place, and somebody's a third place. Right. And uh, But you know what? Everybody who comes out, whether they're a marcher or on a float or in a band or a spectator, they're all winners because we're, we are showing the world how we love Israel yeah. and how important it is. And it's in the news media so that we are – highlighting the best of Israel. Right, most definitely, most definitely. And also, now that everybody knows that there'll be little social media people walking by, right. they got to look really good wherever they are. And I don't even know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, Michael, run through it, run through this with us again so that people could uh, get all the information they need. So the, the general website is CelebrateIsraelNY.org. That's right. And uh, if they want to register for the Roadrunners event in the morning. Uh, go to NYRR.org. 
And for tickets, for tickets to the for game. Yep, for the soccer, you can go to tickets.com slash JCRC, all lowercase. Beautiful. Well, on behalf of all the marchers and the spectators, I don't know if I could really say this, but on behalf of everybody, uh, we thank you for organizing such a great event. Thank you. And thank uh, you. are we worried about the weather? What does the weather say? It is always a perfect day for people. <laughs> <laughs> Even when it's raining. No, it, it's going to be hot, so we do think people should, you know, uh, make sure you bring your, wear your sunscreen, um, take your allergy medicine if you're suffering currently, um, and, uh, you know, drink some water. Drink, drink some a lot water, of water, right? yeah. Of the 14 years that I brought the parade from uh, JEC, we only got rained on once. Yeah. And last year we had rain for about the last 15 minutes of the parade. But, you know, it was getting a little warm. It cooled things off. It's good. I think people are ready for a nice day after all this rain. I mean, we've got a nice day out. um, But, you know, people are ready for a great great day marching together for Israel. Absolutely. All right. Thanks so much. Thank Thank you. you. And we'll be back with more of something to talk about right after this.
Welcome back to Something to Talk About, everybody. I'm Randy Wartelski. We just had a wonderful discussion with organizers of this Sunday's Celebrate Israel Parade. And now we're going to switch gears a little bit and get an update from Donnie Klein of YeahThat'sKosher.com about the latest in kosher travel and, of course, kosher food. So, Donnie, thanks so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. Speaking of Israel, what's up with all these low fares? So, um, it's it's not that uh, there's any particular trend. It's just uh, you know we're we're getting lucky um, that there are uh, different airlines that are I guess are competing for our business. And so uh, most of these uh, deals, some of them are actually still live. So um, if if you're leaving from New York or from Los Angeles, um, there are fares that are still available now. A lot of people are searching and asking for. You know, fares for most of the holidays, your chances are you're not going to find right. really cheap fares for those times. But um, if you're able to plan in advance, and I just looked at today, you can book fares from Los Angeles to Israel um, for January through March of 2014 for a little over $700, which is nothing from L.A. because you're traveling literally halfway around the world. Right, right. And there was, uh, I saw earlier, um, JFK to Tel Aviv, is that fair still available? Um, it's, it's possible, uh, meaning that the, 
my understanding is that the, the fares haven't gone away. Um, I just think that the amount of seats at that price are probably very few and far between um, because most of the Jewish New Yorkers, uh, you know, want to go to Israel, t- took, it, took advantage of the, those fares right away. Um, and when I posted those deals to my site, um, I saw a huge spike in traffic um, and interest to, to that fare as well as the one from Washington, D.C., yeah, and I have to say, when you you are the reason why I even know about that fair, um, because I like you on Facebook. So I got a little info thing from Facebook that sent me to your website, and that's how I found out about the JFK fair. But I, you know, for me, I couldn't commit. It was a little bit too early to to book fairs now for January. I guess if you know you're going, it's a good idea to just get on there and try to get those fairs, right? Well, yeah. I mean, I think that um, sometimes you have to just. Um, be adventurous and, and make those decisions. So this past summer when uh, the fares were even lower and it was the mistake fares on El Al right. or it was something like $350. Right. So I, I booked those fares without blinking. I, I quickly texted my wife. She's like, let's do it. And we, we booked, you know, three tickets for this past winter. Um, similarly, there were really cheap fares from New York to Uruguay. And Uruguay actually has, you know, um, a small but sizable Orthodox population, a few Chabads, uh, a number of kosher restaurants, um, and there was a deal for approximately $370 um, to fly down there for this upcoming winter, which is actually their summer. That's their tourist season. And um, we, um, we booked it two months ago for... February wow. of next year. So we booked it 10 months in advance. So uh, I basically told my boss, I'm not going to be here for a week and a half right. uh, in, in a year from now. Right. And he's like, he, <laughs> he was uh, a little you know, surprised, but um, basically I'm able to uh, plan well in advance and just take advantage of it because why not? Right. The truth is in some professions, they prefer you do that so they know that you're going to be away, then they could plan around you, you know? Um, yeah. Uh, but then again, there's a lot of things that might come up um, that, you know, I won't have any control over, but we'll be able to plan around it. Right. So I like that you use the word adventurous because Uruguay certainly sounds adventurous. That's not definitely not on my top five places that I would have thought to visit. And you know what? It's not on my top five places to visit either, either. But uh, you know what? Uh, I can't turn down a, a great deal. And, and you know what? I haven't been there. So I have the, the mindset that I just want to see the world, and if there's a place that is actually not difficult to keep kosher and observe Shabbat, why not try it? Right. That's an awesome mentality. That's uh, some, More people should do more of that, you know, especially if you get a great fair. Any other things pop up for you? Any, any great fair ideas? Low fares um, to great places? For those are the two you're looking at, Israel and Uruguay. Well, it's not that it's not so much that I was looking for Uruguay. It kind of fell on my lap. You know, somebody found it, shared it, and I was like, "Hey, why not?" Right. Um, what I think people should do is um, when they're looking to to go on vacation, instead of having a specific place in mind, um, it would be much more. Um, I think it would be better for them to be open-minded about what type of destination they could end up in. And be adventurous and just explore. So um, there's a, a tool that's really cool um, that I recommend people using. 
um, and it's, it's something that Google purchased. It's called um, uh, ITA Software Matrix. I, I might be confusing the, um, the order of that name, but if you Google ITA Software Matrix, uh, basically they will give you a list of all of the fares to anywhere in the world um, that are available um, that day or have, been, or have been recently booked. And you can basically mix and match all these different um, variables um, you, know, you can tell how long you want to go for, approximately um, you know, where in the world, et cetera. And I just recommend spending some time there and playing around with different locations. That's um, what, yeah, that's wild. And, and, just think of, and just think about places that you wouldn't even expect to go and wouldn't even think of going, and you might end up just exploring countries that you or your friends would never end up going and enjoy it. Right, right. And then, of course, come home with some awesome stories to tell. Absolutely. And, and um, you've got to go to Uruguay to check out the kosher restaurant scene there. I mean, I don't need a week and a half to check out the, <laughs> you know, handful of restaurants that they have there. Um, if I wanted to, I can go back to Argentina, which is, you know, a two-hour boat ride or three-hour boat ride from from um, Montevideo. Um, when I went to Argentina four years ago, I also went on an extremely cheap fare spent a week down there, and Buenos Aires is an actual, you know, kosher traveler's dream mm -hmm. because there's dozens of kosher restaurants, some of them high-end. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a kosher McDonald's down there, and they have some of the best kosher meat in the world, period. Wow. Um, and my favorite kosher restaurant in the world is down there as well. But um, I have that option. If I, if I want to, I can hop on a boat and head over to Buenos Aires. Right, right. And, uh, yeah, that sounds really fun. That sounds awesome. I hope, I hope so. Um, let's switch gears a little bit to the kosher restaurant scene, which, yeah, that's kosher.com is also really good at reporting everything that's going on in the kosher restaurant scene. Uh, first of all, I'm hearing that, yeah, that's kosher is turning five. Yeah. So I started the site five years ago this June. And so, you know, this next month is, is our, is our five-year birthday. Congratulations. And thank you. We, and won't, we won't sing. Excuse me? We won't sing. We won't, but, no. We won't but happy sing. birthday. But thank you. But to, to celebrate, uh, what I've done is I've secured um, gift certificates, $100 gift certificates and $50 gift certificates to um, six different um, kosher restaurants. Uh, great, all amazing kosher restaurants in the New York area for people to take advantage of. And now I know a lot of my readers and probably a good chunk of your listeners are not necessarily in New York. Um, I'm going to work on potentially, you know, doing more in the future of places maybe in LA and Miami and Chicago. Uh, but for now, I have a bunch of uh, gift certificates that people can take advantage of. And if they go to the website, the first article at the top, um, they can click on and they can enter to win one of these um, really great gift certificates to one of those kosher restaurants. And when are we so going to announce the winner? And when does the contest gonna, end? The contest ends at the end of June. So it's basically running um, currently from the last week of May through the month of June. So it's a five-week um, contest entry period. And uh, we will uh, announce winners beginning of July. So if you can't get on a plane and go to Israel on a cheap fare, at least – you can get a dinner at a nice restaurant. Absolutely. Well, there's so many um, high-end, nice, classy, kosher restaurants here in New York. Um, we, we have that option here. 
Yes. Yeah, so speaking of nice, classy kosher restaurants, where should people go after that big graduation celebration? What are some of the best restaurants that you would recommend for, let's say, you know, your extended family to celebrate a graduation this season? I think, I think you know what, it really depends on your price point. You know, um, there are going to be families that can afford to take out, you know, a whole group of people to the most expensive places. Um, and, it, and if that's the case, um, then, you know, you might want to try the new Solo, which is, um, if you haven't heard, Solo has been has been a, a high-end kosher meat restaurant inside the Sony building on the east side uh, for a number of years. And just this past week, they converted, they finished converting their kitchen to, to being a dairy restaurant. Mm-hmm. So now they're a fancy Italian dairy restaurant. Um, and next door, they also own a place called Pizza de Solo, mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of a takeout pizza place. But I have to say, it is probably my favorite pizza in the city because it's so different than regular sliced pizza that you're going to get. Um, and they make their own fresh mozzarella, mm-hmm. and they, uh, they make their own dough on the spot, and everybody gets their own personal pie. So it's, it's a definitely a unique experience. And how much in advance do you think you need to make reservations? Uh, for Pizza de Solo, definitely not. For Solo, yes, you, you, w- you would need to make reservations. Um, also, um, I found out yesterday that um, the Prime Grill is supposed to be opening up uh, next week. Um, the Prime Grill closed in January. We were just actually – I remember you and I talked about it. Um, the last time I That's was right. on your program, That's right. and it, had, it had just closed, and it was supposed to reopen, um, you know, at a later date. So I recently heard it's going to open next week. Um, I hope that still is the case. Is that in its same previous location? No. So they actually moved um, a few blocks north, um, and they actually moved close to Solo. And so Solo and Prime Grill are actually owned by the same they're owned by the same company. Mm-hmm. That's actually why Solo converted from meat to dairy. They figured, why well, have two meat restaurants a block away from each other? Mm-hmm. So the new Prime Grill um, supposedly is two floors, much larger, fancier, um, and uh, you know a similar type of menu to what they had before. I'm sure they have some new additions. Mm-hmm. Um, that's definitely going to be something that people are going to be looking at um, in the coming weeks. So that's if your, you know, if your price point is is on the higher end. What about, Correct. you know, something m- more affordable? Um, so a place that uh, in Midtown that I go to often because it's near my office, but also because since they redid the restaurant, it's actually really nice. Uh, and that's Mr. Broadway um, mm. on Broadway, uh, be- basically between Times Square and and Herald Square. That's a Stern and, College throwback. Yeah, it, it's it's been around for a while and. They redid the restaurant over over Sukkis last year, and since then, it's just it's a place that I feel comfortable taking, um, you know, taking my non-Jewish coworkers to. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a place I don't feel embarrassed to to have meetings in, and uh, you know, it's it's a nice atmosphere. They added a a wine and beer menu, uh, beautiful uh, sushi and, and regular bar in the middle of the restaurant. Wow. Uh, and and the, and the price points are not near the prime grill or the limare type um, 
prices or, or, or the Mike's Bistro type prices. Mike's Bistro is another one of those high-end places that, um, you know, everybody raves about. But, again, it's at the higher price point. Yeah, and I remember Mr. Broadway also being very family-friendly. It is. Is it still it is. that it's, way? It's, it's, it's definitely family-friendly, and I think in the, in the middle of the day, in the afternoons, uh, during the week, it's very uh, business-friendly, where you, you'll see a lot of business meetings happening uh, there as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have a post on your website, five new kosher places in the five towns. What can you tell us about those? So it happens to be that even though I live in the five towns, mm-hmm. um, I have not um, eaten at the ones that have opened yet because they're really, really new. Really new, um, right. They're very new. Um, my understanding is as follows, and this is based on my wide network and, you know, having my ears in many places and, and people telling me different things. So um, the Masago Asian Fusion mm-hmm. uh, restaurant, right. uh, it, it is, it's in the same location as um, uh, two previous kosher restaurants that have left, um, and it's, it's a beautiful place. I've passed it by. It's a beautiful, beautiful location. They've painted the outside in red, so it's very difficult to miss. Mm-hmm. Um, my friend who went there currently said that they currently only have uh, their sushi menu at the moment. They haven't opened up the, the expanded part of the menu. Um, so they, they're kind of in beta. They haven't fully, fully opened. <laughs> yeah. um, there's an, a new fish restaurant called Fish Plate, uh, which is on Cedarhurst Avenue near the Cedarhurst train station. And um, that's supposed to be modeled after Fish Grill in Los Angeles, which is a big hit out there. Okay. Um, my friend who, who went out there said it, it's a very odd type of place where um, there's no waiter service. Uh, and, you know, he wasn't so thrilled with the food. But this is, you know, they're still relatively new. They might be getting kinks out of the system, so I right. can't. And, of I, you know, course, my hope with a restaurant called Fish Plate would be that they would offer more than just fish because although my husband and I like fish, my kids are not big fish eaters. So I would yeah, hope I thought, they would also offer some I, pasta dishes. I, I think that that's the challenge um, in that um, teens and kids are, are never big fish eaters, mm-hmm. as, as I wasn't myself. And then as I, you know, uh, matured, I, I developed a palate for, for different fish. Well, Donnie, unfortunately, we're out of time. Thank you so much for your insights. We should send people to yeahthatskosher.com for more information on all the things that we talked about. And um, thank you to our listeners for joining us today. We hope we've given you something to talk about right here on the Nachum Siegel Network. Thank you. Let's give them something to talk about.